I'm so happy to welcome you back, listener, to another episode of The Diaries of June. Let's take a break from the modern hustle and spend some time with my Nana June, awesome adventuress of the age of glamour. This episode, Nana June and I want to tell you about the beautiful cinema here on Orchid Island. Even 100 years later, it's one of the most magnificent buildings around. And that's saying something, because this island is full of magnificent buildings. Picture this. It was a foggy day, about mid-afternoon. I was walking down Orchid Island's main stretch of shops. Even with all the boarded-up windows, the sight was spectacular. You can tell the architects back then really knew what they were doing. So many intricate details on the facades and still standing strong after all of these years. And then, in the distance, I spotted the cinema's marquee rising out of the fog, like something, (laughs) well, out of a movie. With a little help from the master keyring, don't worry, no breaking and entering necessary, I made my way inside. Oh, listener, it was like stepping back into a time capsule. I swear I could smell the popcorn even after all this time. The hallways are still lined with all these old movie posters in gold frames. And even under a layer of dust, the actresses look so glamorous. I think the last time the theater was used was in the 40s. Most of the posters had that pulp aesthetic, you know? All the bright art and pop fonts. I bet they're collectibles now. Old cinemas like this one used to show just a single movie at a time. Not your modern multiplex, no sir. Just a single theater and a single screen. And the chairs are plush. Real red velvet with carved wooden armrests. I only had enough light from the open door to make out the back rows, but it was enough for me to imagine Nana June there, cozied up with a date watching the world's very first talking pictures. Back in the foyer, I found a little spiral staircase that led to the projection box. And there were still reels up there. Can you believe it? One was labeled The Swamp Monster of Forest Creek. Must be one of those B-horror films starring a scream queen. The projector was long gone. But if I can figure out some way to watch this movie, I'm totally going to. But enough about my first visit to the Orchid Island Cinema. You're here to hear about Nana June's first visit. Lucky for us, she wrote a diary entry about that very day. And it's magical, listener. I can't wait for you to hear it. (laughs) Okay, here goes. December 17, 1932. Dear Diary, what a marvelous day today was. Orchid Island is part of the future now. Our cinema shows movies with synchronized sound. I'd only seen a feature-length talkie once before, with Amelia when we were in Constantinople, and I'd certainly never seen one without leaving the island. It was so exciting, Diary. Like turning a corner straight into the future. 
Amelia came over for the occasion, and the two of us dressed to the nines. You know me. I'm most comfortable in my trousers. But we decided to make a glamorous day of it. Amelia wore the most beautiful drop waist dress. Emerald, of course, as is her signature color. As for me, I found a lovely pink dress with blue lace trim and blue gloves to match. Amelia tried to pin curl my hair, but it wouldn't hold. I tried to warn her. Why do you think I wear a hat so often? I joked. But we managed to achieve a soft finger wave, and I was pleasantly surprised by how much I liked it. If only I had the patience to set it daily. We toasted the occasion and my wavy hair both with a bit of champagne, then set out for the evening. Arm in arm, Amelia and I walked from the estate over to the cinema. It seemed half of Manhattan had turned out for the occasion. Traffic on the bridge was backed up for half a mile. Everywhere we looked, everyone seemed to have had the same idea as we'd had. Only the finest attire for the occasion. Fine suits for the men, beautiful gowns for the women, and children in their Sunday best. The sense of excitement in the air, along with the smell of freshly popped corn, was deliciously palpable. As we stood in line for tickets, Amelia squeezed my arm and whispered, can you imagine coming here with a date? The glamour, the mood. I could, diary. There was a certain pilot I would have loved to share an armrest with. But maybe for the next showing. Tonight was a girl's night out, and I couldn't have been happier for it. Oh, diary, have I even mentioned what movie we were seeing? I don't think I have. Frankly, I was so excited for the occasion, it hardly mattered what we were seeing. The film was called A Morning in St. Pierre, and starred an American actress I'd never heard of before, Dolores Parker. No relation, at least so far as I'm aware. Might have to double-check the family tree. I didn't know what to expect for the plot, other than it took place in the Caribbean. The vicarious escape from winter in New York sounded marvelous. With time to spare before the movie began, Amelia and I decided to partake in a few snacks from the confection stand. Freshly popped corn and roasted nuts among them. Soda pop, of course, was the accompanying beverage, though I'm certain I saw a few gentlemen with flasks doctoring their cups. When will this ridiculous prohibition end, diary? I can't think of a better occasion for a cocktail than a night on the town, witnessing the forefront of entertainment. Ah, uh, oh well. Perhaps I'll bring a flask of my own next time. I nudged Amelia and pointed to a flask-toting gentleman, and she flashed me with a grin. They must be great minds, she whispered, reaching into her bag because we thought alike. I laughed as she extracted a flask of her own and tipped it into our sodas. Soon, the house lights flickered, signaling that it was time to make our way from the foyer to the theater. An usher led us to our seats, which were perfectly placed in the middle, giving us the best vantage point. Excited chattering filled the room as our fellow moviegoers filed into their seats.
I overheard a boy ask his father, Where is the orchestra, Daddy? His father explained that this was a new kind of movie. A wonder of modern technology, my boy. <laughs> what a treat he was in for. What a treat all of us were in for. I could hardly wait for the house lights to dim. I busied my hands eating popcorn while Amelia scanned the crowd for Manhattan's famous faces. Over there, she whispered in my ear, gesturing to a young woman glowing in a white gown and strings of pearls. Upper East Side elite. Her father owns half the city. Amelia pointed to another woman on the opposite side of the room, dressed flamboyantly in the flapper fashion. And her? She's a Broadway performer. Absolutely fantastic vocal range. I've seen her twice. To think that so many of Manhattan's upper crust had come all the way to Orchid Island for the occasion. All thanks to Claire, of course, and all the work she'd done to cultivate our little island's reputation. She would have loved to witness something this special, diary. I hoped in some fashion or another. My sister was there tonight, watching too. Suddenly, the lights dimmed and a hush fell over the crowd, save for a soft squeal from Amelia, who clapped her hands in excitement. The curtain before us lifted to reveal an enormous screen, onto which a projector cast a square of bright white light. The reel counted down, and then... Oh, diary, it was just marvelous! A flurry of fanfare erupted from speakers all around us, as though we were right there in the midst of the movie. I was immediately swept away to the Caribbean, lost in the story of Dolores Parker's character, seeking her long-lost love. Hearing the characters speak to each other, aloud, having a real conversation, oh, it was magical, diary. Such an experience. Even if it wasn't my first time seeing a picture with sound, it was just as magnificent. Perhaps even more so. I noticed how much faster the story could move when it wasn't broken up by dialogue cards. Compared to the silent films of years prior, the acting seemed so much more natural, too. With sound, there was no need for as much melodramatic posturing to get the point across. It endeared me to movies in a way I hadn't felt before. The hours flew by and I spent it utterly captivated. Along with the rest of the theater, silent as I've ever heard a full house. As the heroine embraced her lover in a final kiss, the scene fading out in a heart-shaped frame. The theater erupted into hooting applause. Everyone took to their feet, clapping and cheering, myself and Amelia included. Wasn't that just the most delightful thing? Amelia gushed as we made our way out of the theater with the jostling crowd. I couldn't believe how real it all felt. I couldn't have agreed more. It was an absolute thrill to see once more how technology had forever changed the landscape of entertainment. On our walk back to the estate, 
we traded ideas as to what wondrous inventions in moviegoing might come next. Imagine if movies had scents, too, Amelia mused. We might have smelled the coconuts of the Caribbean. <laughs> I wasn't sure the idea was as compelling as sound, but it was fun to imagine all the same. As for me, I wondered if movies without a screen might ever be possible. Imagine projections that share the physical space with us, I told Amelia. Full, walking, talking, three-dimensional people made of light, acting out scenes right before our eyes. <laughs> it might have sounded silly, but it felt like anything could be possible after the spectacle we'd experienced tonight. Oh my gosh, Nana June called holograms. <laughs> I mean, we don't have holographic movies yet, but we do have Tupac and Michael Jackson showing up at concerts. Did you hear about that, listener? Apparently, it's all the rage to bring back dead performers as 3D holograms at, like, Coachella or wherever. Pretty good guess, Nana June. I always knew she was ahead of her time. Amelia called it too. Remember Smell-O-Vision in the 60s? I think now it's lumped into 4D movies, with smells and motion seats and all kinds of special effects. A fun little gimmick, but something tells me it's not quite the same as the first movies with sound. Okay, there's a little bit more left to the entry. Back to it. Back at the estate, Amelia stayed for another glass of champagne and we recounted our favorite moments from the film. I loved the way Dolores Parker delivered one particular line in the opening act. A world weary, I haven't the patience for love again. Right before she learned her long lost lover had been spotted in the Caribbean. That sort of emotion doesn't come through when reading a dialogue card, and I just loved it. Amelia was amazed at how much the experience was like a live stage show. It simply changes everything about entertainment, she marveled. I bet we'll see many a stage actress make the transition into film now that vocal talent is a factor. I bet she's right, diary. And it made me wonder about all the silent film actresses whose voices aren't up to the task of movies with sound. The price of progress, I suppose. I once thought about becoming an actress, I admitted to Amelia. But silent films didn't really appeal to me, so I never pursued it. Oh my goodness, you'd be wonderful, Amelia exclaimed, clapping her hands. It's never too late to try it. I shook my head and waved a hand. I'd be rubbish at it, I'm sure. I get terrible stage fright. You? Stage fright? Amelia laughed. Yet you travel all around the world solving mysteries and murders without batting an eye? Apples to oranges, I replied. No one's got a camera pointed at me while I'm working on a case. Amelia teased me a bit more before we said goodbye, but thankfully let me off the hook without demanding I start reciting Shakespeare. I think my flight of feature film fancy is best kept to my imagination. 
I wonder what will come next in the future of movies. Amelia and I might have been a bit fanciful in our predictions, and I'm sure we can't even comprehend the progress that'll be made in the next 100 years. It's like asking someone from the 1830s to imagine, well, moving pictures. Say nothing of moving pictures with sound. I'll be long gone by the turn of the second millennium, diary. But if I could be so lucky to see it, I'm sure it will be a magnificent age. Oh, Nana June. We would be so lucky to have you here with us, experiencing it for yourself. Isn't it amazing to think about? Imagine what she and Amelia would think of our movie theaters today. Not to mention our cell phones, computers, gaming consoles, virtual reality. I can barely believe all of it. It makes me wonder what technology will be like in another hundred years. Like internet-equipped augmented reality contact lenses. Do those already exist? They might already exist. And I don't know about you, but I'm still waiting on flying cars. I remember seeing them in Blade Runner as a kid, and I totally thought we'd have them by now. <laughs> Come on, future, catch up. You know what? I think I'll try to find a copy of that film, A Morning in St. Pierre, and see what Nana June saw. I'll keep you posted if I manage to track down a copy, listener. Of course, I'll have to find a way to watch it, too. I wonder how much effort it would take to get the cinema running again. It would be nice to have a little life on the island. So much love went into its design. So much love went into its design. And it would be a shame not to show it off. My parents have been dealing with some red tape for a while. But maybe we could vie for the historical preservation angle. Worth looking into, anyway, right? So, for next episode, I have a special little treat in store. A story about young Nana June's mentor. It seems this mentor is the inspiration for Nana June to ditch the status quo. But no spoilers, you will find out more next time. Oh, uh, and one little update on my end. Remember that breakup I mentioned last time? Well, it got me thinking. I'm not sure I want to go back to San Francisco. There's not much left for me on the West Coast. I mean, I know my job is there, but I don't exactly love my job, you know? And the more I read about Nana June's life, the more I feel like I can take mine into my own hands. I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. I can choose any future I want, just like Nana June. If I wanted to, say, open a grilled cheese shop, why not put the plan into motion? The only thing I have to lose is, uh, my livelihood, I guess. But it's fine, it's fine. I'll figure something out. So, wish me luck, listener. I'm going to be thinking some deep life thoughts over the next few weeks. 
And maybe Nana June's mentor will have some sage advice for all of us in the next episode. Stay tuned until then, my June crew. And stay glamorous. This has been June's Journey, The Lost Diaries, from Wooga. You can step into June Parker's shoes and become the detective herself in June's Journey, the number one hidden object game in the world. Live the glamorous 1930s life as you journey around the world, finding hidden objects, adventure, and even a little romance. Download June's Journey for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Thanks for listening. Thank you.